Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. Uh, Off and running Wednesday night. We're in March now. We had 65-degree weather in western New York tonight. It was awesome. Spectacular. I got stuck with my first COVID vaccine, which is always a nice thing. One down, one to go. One down, one to go. Let's do this. Let's reopen, baby. Let's rock and roll. Let's talk a little bit about what we saw last week, Tom. Yeah, let's start with the UFC. Um, I think the card started off, you know, the big UFC, three championship fights. The card starts amazing, some crazy fights in the beginning, and slowly petered out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's really the only way to, to kind of put it. Undoubtedly, the prelims were more exciting to watch than the main card. There was some crazy stuff going on in some of those prelim fights. Yeah. It's... You know, and then when you get to a fight where you got two guys with uh, knockout capability uh, or knockout power, uh, dangerous fighters, so often you see a conservative approach. Yeah. And you saw a bit of a conservative approach in the main event. Yep. And, you know, Jan did what he had to do to win the fight and took advantage of his size. Yep. And when he got those takedowns, he controlled Adesanya. Adesanya had no way out. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it on, on here last week. Uh, the one thing we haven't really seen is is Israel on his back. What can he do? Right. And, uh, you know, Jan decided to find out, and I think he put the blueprint out for some of these guys who, you know, just get the takedown. I don't know if guys at 185 can, can make that sure. work, though. But the 205 can, yeah. sh- can have shown now that, you know, you can you can out-muscle him at 205. He's he's not a big 185-er. No. Like, a, you know, he's fast. He's skilled. Um but he looks like he should be fighting at 170. I mean, he's, yeah. he's that kind of build, but he's tall, you know. Yeah. So one, you know, 185 makes sense for him. He dominates at that level, yeah. and he's been able to keep people off of him. Yes, and his striking is uh, dangerous. So so dangerous. You could see that he had some early success. He looked like you know rounds one and two in particular. Yeah. It was going to be close, I think, in those two rounds. I didn't see the judges' scorecards when it when it came when it came out. I, yeah, the, I, can't the, I mean, it was unanimous, but they scored some uh, 10-8 rounds, and Dana White was not happy about it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he thinks that the 10-8 round is a it's going to be a real problem for UFC moving forward because they've lightened the criteria for what it takes yes. to get. And a I 10-8. think they should have lightened the criteria because some of these uh, rounds, you know. Not all. So if a 10-9 round, th- th- here's the argument for it. You know, you guys exchange punches the entire entire round, and it's really, really close. I edge out, give you a 10-9 round to fighter A. It's not the same as someone getting taken down, being controlled, hit, punched, all that for an entire five minutes. It shouldn't be the same 10-9 score. So I get that, but some of those judges on that one were a little... A little th- too liberal with the 10-8 life. Well, I think that there should be have to be significant damage done in that ground game yeah. for it to be turned into a 10-8 round. So if you take a guy down and you don't manage significant damage, I don't think that it should be a 10-8 round. No, I think that's on the on the, the ref to, if nothing's happening, to, to stand him up. 
But if you can, I mean, you can control someone for three, four minutes on the ground. That's, that's you're winning. You're winning a fight. Yeah. So you you win ten nine. That any, that's just my opinion on this whole thing. It's yeah. not we're not gonna you know make any change on that. But sure. I don't <laughs> want I don't want them to get crazy with it. I like ten eight rounds when somebody's dominated. Yeah. Um, but I don't think domination is necessarily uh, somebody getting a takedown and. and controlling Peppering guys th- yeah. it's got to be it's got there's got to be significant damage for me to see 10 8 but yeah, the, the fighter should be in danger more than once yeah. in, in the round whether Absolutely. it's submissions or there should be some danger right um the peter uh, jan Algermain sterling fight ends very disappointingly for everyone uh, not for those of us that bet on Algermain sterling <laughs> i mean i also was on him i you know he's my guy i love him yeah but it's just it, Peter Jan was taking control of that fight. He was going to yeah, win. Yeah, he was pulling away. Comfortably, Aljamain Sterling probably wasn't going to get through the whole fight. Yeah. And uh, it's very disappointing to see that, you know, a title change hands. And Sterling himself was disappointed in having the title. Yeah. I, I don't know how much of it was an act job by him. But Seems to be pretty okay with it now. He's out celebrating in the world. Yeah. So We'll see what happens now because uh, Henry Cejudo says he's coming back. Yeah, he wants to come back to fight him. Uh, he wants to fight them both. He said, "Line them up at the same time." He said, "Line them up." No, I mean, he'd have yeah, a shot. He's good. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad. So, uh, I don't know why he tried this retirement thing. Like some of these guys, when they retire, it's almost like you don't even believe it now. You're yeah. like, okay, whatever, guy. Um, but yeah, I'm glad he. If he really does come back, it'll be fun to see him fight either of them. And Amanda Nunez continues her dominance of the, so the women's division. She's, Divisions. Yeah, she. <laughs> has complete control over any weight class that she can feasibly get to. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about the concept of Amanda Nunez fighting a male fighter? I think it's stupid. I think it's a terrible idea. I think that Amanda Nunez has lost four times to female fighters in her career. Sure. She should not. That conversation shouldn't be happening. It's. Would you ever watch any male versus female fight? I don't have any interest in that. I the. I would be interested in the results, but I don't I, know if I could watch it. Please don't don't take this as I don't think that she's a skilled, tremendous yeah. fighter. I don't. I just don't like the concept yeah. of men and women fighting each other. No, no, I agree. I, I would like I said, I would be interested in the outcome to look it up the next morning, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could watch it. I don't think it's something I want to see. And I don't think that it's. A it sport? wouldn't be good for the sport. Yeah, you know, it's it, you're you're putting someone in. Now, if he if she wants to fight Jake Paul, I'm all about that. Yeah, that's fine. I'm into that. exhibition match. Yeah, against you know. a non-MMA guy. She, I think she would embarrass Jake Paul. So do I. Logan Paul or any of those guys. Any of those guys. Yeah, exactly. She would make them look like complete goofs. Well, so, yeah. I I can't wait to. I want to see Ben Askren knocking. I I know. I shouldn't no. care about this stuff. I know. I, I really don't like the path that those Paul brothers are going down, beating up on celebrities, thinking that they're professional fighters. No. And ben Askren's not even known as a puncher, necessarily. At all. At all. But, man, I hope he knocks him out. So do I. I'm not buying it or watching it for the same reason. Like, I'm not willing to put money into that pot because it just encourages them to do it more. really depends on what I'm doing for the night. <laughs> Stop. You know. I'm not putting any money into that pot. They can whatever. They can do whatever they want. But I'm not contributing. I just hope that when I wake up the next day, the 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 buzz line is Jake Paul. What's the date? In puddle. I, I got to figure out if I got anything going on. Is that a Saturday? I'm sure. I'm it not is. even gonna Google it. I don't want him to get hits on that either. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then we had uh, 
the golf event last weekend, yes. the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Palmer, Arnold Palmer Invitational. Bryson DeChambeau just obliterates golf balls. How about Lee Westwood's break on the 18th <laughs> hole? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I give the guy out at plus 11,000 on this podcast last week. Beautiful drive. Ropes it down the middle. Beautiful drive. He's got 170 in. Uh, great opportunity to, to really put the heat on DeChambeau. Lands in a four-inch divot. <laughs> he lands in a divot. And the ball comes to rest in the divot, and now uh, he does what he can to end up with 65 feet. He makes his par, yeah. and DeChambeau still had to sweat out a five-and-a-half-footer to win. Yeah. But what could have been, you know. I, yeah, you can't, you can't get aggressive when you're standing over that ball. I love my approach to the event last week. Yeah. Uh, could have been very lucrative. Um, yeah, but uh, really close to being very lucrative, really. So we'll see what we can find this week going into the the players championship. And then the NBA All Star Weekend. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Three point contest was the highlight for me. I enjoyed agreed. watching. I thought that uh, Steph Curry was. I know nobody wants to put the money on the favorite in those events, but Steph Curry seemed like easy money to yeah. me. I, I fired on Steph Curry to have the highest score in the first round at plus 220. You're going to give me plus 220 on maybe the greatest shooter of all time to win a three-point contest a bunch yeah. of, against a bunch of guys who are okay shooters. These guys are, But none of these guys are known as just absolute sharpshooters yeah. at all. Yeah, it was fun to watch. It came down to the last rack and the last ball for Steph, which made it entertaining. Yeah. And then the dunk contest was – it's getting worse, and I don't think that's a – understatement at all it's well this was just thrown it seemed like a, something that was thrown together yeah. there was no thought the put rules in it. I suck hate now it. Yeah, i did not like it all that much so the the participation so back in my day the best players in the in the nba were in this dunk contest dominique mike mm-hmm. vince carter tracy mcgrady these are the best now you get rookies and yeah. young guys and guys who are averaging 12 minutes a game like right come on I need I need yeah. one of these big time NBA All Stars to to say you know what I'm bringing it back. Yeah, I'll do and it, this. until there's the top players, it's not going to be that important. Right, nobody's really going to care. No, but I felt like the skills challenge is just as much fun as any other event. But that also seemed rushed. Uh, and rushed is a good word for it. Yeah. yeah, that's what it felt like. They were just buzzing through it as quick as they could. Yeah, and um, you know it's a fun little event. There's more they could do with it. I trust Adam Silver as much as any of the commissioners of, of any yeah. of the major sports Seems to get reasonable. these things right. So, you know, I can see some improvements coming. It's just yeah, you, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's an obviously a weird situation. They're trying to do it in anyways. Rush to put it all yeah. in one night. I, I get all of that. All-Star game still suck, though. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's I tried just, to watch it a couple different times that night. It, it was brutal. It was, it was a blowout on top of it. Yeah, not fun. LeBron James may have a career as a GM after this because he seems to pick really good all-star teams every right. time. Yeah. They can't lose. All right. Um, let's take a look at what we've got coming up this week, Tom. What, what are we going to talk about on the podcast tonight? We've got a short short uh, menu for the week, if you will. We're going to talk about the players, one of the best tournaments of the year, the fifth major, if you will. And then we're going to preview some NFL free agency offense edition. Yeah. And that's really it. Uh, we got a big week next week, um, so this is it. Nice. Um, Let's talk to the players. Man, breaking news. Oh, boy. Not really breaking news, sorry. Oh. Juju Smith-Schuster's streaming on Fortnite right now on Twitch. Oh, boy. 
and he's got his character with a Dolphins jersey on. It says March 17th, free man. Oh, boy. You know, I don't know if Kevin's excited or curious. Oh, I, I love Juju Smith-Schuster as a player. I don't necessarily like all the stuff that comes along with it, but, I mean, yeah. he's having fun, and, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I would absolutely take him as a, a member of the, you know, s- since we're going to talk about NFL free agents, I just thought, hey, yeah, absolutely. Juju Smith-Schuster tweet. Let's, uh, let's take a look at this. So um be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, I've heard that uh, the Giants, Jets, Dolphins are the ones that are in on Galladay and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. All of those make sense, too. Yeah. So, fire away, Tom. What do we got? Yeah, let's talk about the players. Um, last year, did not have a players' championship uh, due to COVID life. But in 2019, Rory won it. Um, he's talked about how great of a moment that kind of was for him. And uh, Kevin, you're just going down a list of some of these, I don't want to say randoms, but some of these randoms that have kind of won or finished in the top two over the last 10 years or so. Yeah, there's been a lot of success from players who are – not necessarily at the top of the world, um, you know, when it, when it comes to, you know, their current standing in going into the event. Um, you had Craig Perks win back in 2002. We're going back a long ways now with yeah, 2002. Craig Perks and Stephen Ames were 1-2. Um, then Stephen Ames won in 2006. There are guys like Tim Clark that have won the event with Robert Allen be finishing second, K.J. Choi, David Thomas finishing second, Matt Kuchar. Um, saw a player Ben Curtis finish second, um, but the the thing that stood out to me even more than than that 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 is an important piece to my handicap this week. But what I see is guys who drive the ball accurately, yeah. winning this event. You know, Tigers won it, Phils won it. Those guys they're special. They're special. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. they're the best players in the world. Same thing you could say with Rory. He he drives mm-hmm. it pretty far, but he's also special. But now. Webb Simpson was your 2018 winner. Jim Furyk finished second last year, uh, 2019. Nice. He drives the ball more accurately than anyone on the PGA Tour. Webb Simpson, known as an accurate driver, top five in the PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, Charles Schwartzel, Jimmy Walker, those guys are accuracy players. Ian Poulter, the guy that's in the top ten in the world in driving accuracy. Siwoo Kim. Ricky Fowler in 2015 was driving it very accurately. Sergio Garcia has historically been known as somebody who hits a ton of fairways with his little squeeze yeah. fade. Uh, Martin Keimer, Jim Furyk finishing second again. Jeff I thought Keimer was going to be really good at one point in my life. I mean, he had a, he had a stretch. Where yeah. He was really good. Um, Kucher, another guy who hits fairways. So listen, the what it comes down to is guys hitting fairways have a ton of success at this event. You do not need yeah. to bomb the ball. Uh, historically, you look back, there are a few bombers on here. Jason Day, I mean, he hits a pretty long. Uh, Rory McIlroy hits it long. But these are, again, guys who are at the top of the world. Yeah, when, I think when you take those guys who are the ones that are hitting long on there, the one thing they have in common with the rest of them is the, is the good ball strikers. I mean, yeah. these guys are, are great. Um, you're getting in uh, really good irons, really accurate shots. It just leads you to believe that um, length isn't going to be super important and – Putting is going to be difficult, so getting close is going to be important. So what I've gone with this week for my uh, formula to, to select this is your the player has to hit at least 63% of the fairways, uh, which would put them around you know, top 50, top 60 in the world, and their recent form, their current FedEx Cup standings, top 50 in the, in the current FedEx Cup standings. Um, and then I'm looking for a little price, you know, somebody that's, that's down the board a little bit here. 
I don't. This could go chalk. This could go. DJ comes out and plays great because he drives it well. As he's very accurate yeah. driver the ball, he plays very well. It could go chalk. That's fine if you want to put your money there. That's not what I look for in golf tournaments. So I'm going to give you four names. Patrick Reed plus three thousand. He's my favorite play due to his recent form. He's been playing very well. He drives the ball accurately. He makes a ton of sense here at this venue. Uh, next, I'm going to give you Joaquin Neiman. This is another guy. He hits a ton of fairways. He hits the fairway a ton. He's young. He's at plus 5,000 right now. He's, I believe he's top 15 in the world in FedEx Cup standings right now, so his form is on. Harris English is plus 9,000. This is a guy that's top 10 in the FedEx Cup standings, drives the ball accurately, can play some really good golf. He had a, a, a nice start a couple of weeks ago and was hanging near the top of the leaderboard. So, yeah. you know, those are some of the guys that I like right now. Tom, give me a couple of your picks before I give you my final one. All right. So I have uh, Webb Simpson. I mean, he's he's played well. He's won this event before. He's been mm -hmm. playing well recently. Uh, getting him at plus 2,000 is pretty crazy for yeah. as good as he is. Uh, Tony Finau. I'm, I'm just going to keep putting money on him until he actually pulls through and wins one. It's going to happen. He, he's, he plays great. He folds. Yeah. But eventually that's going to it's going to iron itself out. And then two longer shots. I have Jason Day, success at this course, accuracy, um, iron shots into greens, plus at plus four thousand. And then Max Homa, same kind, same recipe. He's been playing very well the last like four or five weeks, and plus eighty five hundred. That's my real long shot. We'll, we'll so see. If you're getting pl Tony Finau plus nineteen hundred, that means you get nineteen shots at him to win one of these events to break even on him. Yeah, so I got good odds. <laughs> let's say if he can stay, if he can stay around that price, <laughs> yeah, every week, then you know you probably. I'm guessing that if you when you go over the course of all of it, he probably ends up being like between plus fifteen hundred plus sixteen hundred on average each week, depending on the field strength. Yeah, the field's real strong for this one, of yeah. course. So, so uh, my final pick is uh, Sung J M. Yeah, uh, this is a guy who strikes the ball very well, hits it in the fairway. He's in the top twenty in the world in FedEx Cup points. Um, I think that this combination is the combination you need to be looking for. Pick, take your pick. There are a lot of guys that fit this criteria. Yeah, uh, Xander Shoffley's one I looked at. Didn't pull the trigger on. Mm -hmm. um, his value is, isn't as good as some of these other ones, mm -hmm. but at plus sixteen hundred, he's still very good. So very good, good player, and when yeah. he's on, he can beat anyone. Um, there are other guys out there. Kevin Kisner is another guy that, you know, he's one of my favorites. He hits it in the fairway. He's a grinder. Um, he could, he could be a good option to put on the board for yourselves. So, um, take a look at these plays this week. I, I got a good feeling about this weekend. Yeah. You think he's in, you think the winner's in one of the ones we gave out already? I don't know because so tough this to is pick picking the winner outright, but I've, I, I'm building a lot of confidence with my success that I've had in, in the selections I've made each week here on the PGA Tour. I think I've, I've thrown one dud out there in the course yeah. of the last five or six weeks since the season really got rolling. So I feel pretty good about my, my selections right now. Um, and, you know, I've decided that at this point I'm going to bet, let's say that I make $10 win wagers on these players, put about $30 on them each as well for top yeah. 10 um, so that you can make a profit there. You know, it, it's... Yeah, it's frustrating to watch Lee Westwood be one stroke back if you don't have him in top five or top ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll you were right, and so did win. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right, what else we got tonight, Tom? All right. Well, now we're getting to football. We're going to talk about NFL free agents. We're going to start with quarterbacks because why not? And uh, all offense tonight. For those of you who aren't aware, 
Monday coming up. Uh, so what date is it actually? It is Monday the 15th. It's the start of the tampering period where teams can, I guess, legally tamper. Yeah, and they'll, they'll essentially agree to deals yeah. during this time, and then they can't formally sign until Wednesday, right? Yeah, so that will start on Monday. So by the time we are back with you next Wednesday, we should have some of this sorted out. Um, we have one piece of, our, of the puzzle already in place now, too. Uh, Dak Prescott signing a, a large contract to stay with the Cowboys for four more seasons. Um, not really a surprise. It seemed like that was going to be the course this whole time. So Yeah. Um, so Just got done. Let's talk. You want to start with offensive line and then work our way from there? Sure. Yeah, let's start with the offensive line. Start with the, tackles? The big or? guys. I got the entire group of offensive linemen up here. Okay. And, um, you know, we'll talk about some of these guys. When, when we talk tackles, you get left tackles that are out there right now. Trent Williams, um, Russell Okung, I don't know if he's still going to continue to play or not. Yeah. Riley Reif um, was released today. Yep. He'll, he'll be a free agent and uh, on the market. Alejandro Villanueva uh, from the Steelers, he was very serviceable over the years, and, and they're going to need to replace solid. him. And, um, you know, some of the other guys out there. Ty Nseki from the Bills plays a little right tackle. He'll be available. Jason Peters is uh, on the market if he wants to play. I don't know if I'd take a risk on Peters with his nonsense from last year. Right? I know. Russell Okun, I don't know if you said that one earlier. Yeah. Or not. Cameron Irving from uh, Dallas. Cameron Fleming from the Giants. There's definitely uh, some veterans available at left tackle. Uh, when you get into right tackle, you get a little bit of a more of a blend of yeah. veterans and younger guys that are hey options. i mean daryl williams had a tremendous season in buffalo last year yeah, I know. Um, if they don't go about re-signing him i think that he's going to be a nice piece for somebody to pick up i'm clicking on his market value huh, two years 15 million I'd, I'd keep him for that after last season he had really nice year forrest lamp was very highly regarded guard coming out of college yeah and he's way down the list here um going to be a free agent you can probably get him at a good price and he was extraordinarily highly regarded coming out of college joe tooney was just informed he was not going to be franchised by the patriots he has been very good offensive guard for them for a number of years now yeah uh i mean you've been a fan of gabe jackson since he came out of college yeah. he's na he's got a little of that nasty to him i yeah. like for my guards Kevin Zeitler is a free agent. Alex Mack is a free agent at the center position. Richie Incognito. Yeah. Richie Incognito. There, there are some good guards out here. Mikey Apati, Feliciano mm. from the Bills. Um, Brian Winters again. John Miller. Johnny, Johnny Miller, what's up? Yeah, right. Yeah, so DJ Fluker. Um, yeah. You know, Chance Wormack. Uh, yeah, so we can go on and on. There's definitely veteran linemen available, which I think you see a lot of these guys go after the draft. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the the old linemen who are vets. Um, a lot of teams like to see if they can get somebody in the draft that they like to plug that hole, and if not, these guys get their get their money. Yeah, I'm let's, sure some of them will go early on Monday though. Let's slide to the end of the line and talk about tight ends now. Sure. Uh, it's interesting this year for sure. For uh, yeah, like there's some interesting tight ends. Yeah, what did we see uh, today? Johnu Smith was going to be on the market. Yeah, so I Hunter mean, Henry Hunter was on the market. Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert, Rob Gronkowski. Jared I don't Robert. think Gronkowski is really available to anyone but Tampa. 
it's possible. I don't see him going and signing somewhere else, and he, he he's out there, you know, chasing rings with with Tom Brady, and that's going to be it for him, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it, I can't imagine going anywhere else either. But um, Josh Hill, Jacob Hollister, there's a lot of names on here. Mo Ali Cox, who yeah. I love to watch play football. Gerald Everett uh, plays yeah. some really good football. Um, Jordan Reed, if he continues his career. Trey Burton was a hot commodity a few years back. Uh, he's a free agent again. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are a lot Jake of... Jake Butt was a high draft pick by the Denver Broncos. He's never touched the field, really. He's had <laughs> no, some He had 114 issues. snaps last year. Yeah. With uh, two catches for five yards to his name. Yeah. Um, you know, so the free agent class isn't extraordinary at the tight end position. It's pretty, it's pretty deep it's, for a tight end class. It's good. There, there yes. are a lot of guys that are going to contribute on new teams next year. So I'll be interested to see where guys like Hunter Henry, Henry Land, he's had a, historically a lot of injuries. Yes. Um, he, he's gone through, you know, some major knee injuries and 60 so 60 catches last year, though, in 14 yeah. games. It's pretty productive for a tight end. Uh, did you mention Robert Tanyan from the Packers? I did not. 11 touchdowns last year. He's trying to cash in. It's a it's a good year to have a, your best year of your life, huh? No, I would say. <laughs> I would say. Mercedes Lewis still hanging around in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like he's been playing for forever, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, when you got Hunter Henry, Jonas Smith, Tanyan, you have a, a young group right there. Two of them are 27. One's 26. Oh, and I, I throw Gerald Everett in that group. Those guys are going to get three, four-year deals. And then you have all those vets, Rudolph, Eifert, um, probably Gronk and, and probably staying in Tampa Bay, but still probably get one or two-year deals somewhere that are going to contribute right away for somebody. Tom, the, the wide receiver position, what are you looking for as a team out of somebody who's a wide receiver on the free agent market? I think that is going to be a wide, varied with uh, what what kind of offense you run, who else do you already have on your team? Um, so let me let me uh, pose an example. Uh, let's say you have the choice to try to sign Emmanuel Sanders, age thirty four. Um, he's been productive for a big sure. majority of his career, or Tyrell Williams, age twenty nine. Uh, he's had some flashes. Looks like he's got talent. Might have a little more left in the tank. Right. What direction are you looking at for, with an organization? I mean, who's who are you going to pay more? Who's going to get the larger contract out of those two? Yeah, I, I would imagine Terrell Williams would. But again, I think a lot of this comes down to each organization self-assessment, right? Yeah. Where am I? What do I need? Who can actually help me? Am I better off with a Curtis Samuel or splurging for Antonio Brown? And right. you know, I'm ready to go now. There, there are some names of a lot of guys that are 26, 27 years old on this list that are that have plenty left in the tank that may not have even reached their full potential yet. Uh, when I go through uh, some of these names that stand out to me, uh, 28 years old, uh, Brashad Perriman. He seems like he's been in the league forever. Yeah. Corey Davis, v extraordinarily highly regarded coming out of college, drafted in the top 20. Uh, he's going to hit the free agent market at 26 years old. You've got 27-year-old uh, John Ross, the speed player. Very Fell fast. out of favor in Cincinnati. This is a guy that has plenty left in the tank, could have his best years ahead of him. Your guy, 25-year-old Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. 25-year-old Curtis Samuel, both promising 
um, starts to their careers. 27-year-old Will Fuller. 27-year-old Demarcus Robinson. 26-year-old Zay Jones. Josh Reynolds at 26. Alan Lazard eh, at 26. Right. They're, so the point that I'm trying to make is my focus would be on these guys that are a little bit younger, uh, depending on what you're looking to do moving forward. So you've got, got you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, Curtis Samuel. Uh, these yeah. are the guys that I think are going to get the big paydays out of this group. T.Y. Hilton's 32 years old. You're going to get, what, a couple of years of production out of him at this point? Right. Sammy Watkins, 28 years old, I believe is a just as good of an option as T.Y. Hilton. Sammy Watkins carries. <laughs> he's injury prone. That's been the issue with him throughout his career. Yeah. But he has moments where he looks like one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah. He, oh, there's one game a year that yeah. he just goes off. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Jones has been even extraordinarily productive. He's 31 years old. You got guys like, uh, we didn't even mention Kenny Galladay yet, Nelson right. Aguilar, D.D. Westbrook's been solid. Yeah. There's a ton of wideouts. Holy cow. The more you look, the more you're revealing. Keelan, Keelan Cole. Yeah, Alan Lazard at 26, like you said. The, another guy that's... Josh Gordon. Yeah. Cordero <laughs> Patterson. As we're getting to the, some of the older gentlemen. Yeah. The more seasoned vets, you got... Will Jordan Humphrey is 23. <laughs> Comes out of Texas a couple of years ago and uh, going to hit the free agent I'm, market here. I'm getting into the 30s. We got like Tavon Austin, Marvin Jones, John Brown just got released, Muhammad Sanu. Like, yeah. Again, a bunch of guys who could play football still. Yeah, there, there are so many names that can be added here and at good value. So I think that... The wide receiver group, to me, is one of the deeper ones when you look at the free agent pool this year. Yeah, it's crazy how many are available. And as you comb through, there's people who can give you a little bit of everything in this group. If you're looking for a speed guy, Philip Dorsett kind of catches your eyes. You know, yeah, that's my, my Bill's looking to replace somebody from John Brown who can run that that streak. Right. Might, might be a good fit. Yeah. You want to do some running backs? Yeah, let's do some running backs. They're not that exciting to talk about, but they're not this year. Um, there's a couple. Who's the, who's the headliner of the class? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones for sure. Yeah. Undoubtedly the headliner of the class. What if I told you that Todd Gurley and Aaron Jones were the same age? I know and Todd <laughs> Gurley just it seems like seems his career's over. I know it's crazy. It's unbelievable to think that. Um, but you have other guys like Kenyon Drake had 955 rushing yards last year. He's up here. Chris Carson, yeah. How about the? He's he's available. Six hundred yards rushing last year as well. Yeah. There are, I mean, James Conner is on the free agent market. Yeah. I don't I don't know how big his market will be, but um, both running backs from Green Bay are free agents. Jamal Williams is on the market as yeah. well. Leonard Fournette, after a very impressive campaign with Tampa Bay, down yeah. the stretch especially. Right. And I think that's one that's. Uh, he didn't. He doesn't have a lot of tread worn off him, you know. At this point, yeah, he had he a couple had, long, had a couple seasons. seasons with Jacksonville. Yeah, he's he's how old is he? Twenty five, twenty six, twenty six. Yeah, there's still time left. On you know, those guys have three years left before you have to really worry about the burnout, uh, unless it's somebody like Todd Gurley, who, I mean, listen, he was yeah. productive last year. Yeah, he, he had he had productive the team's last the, season. The team doesn't run the ball. Right, that's part of it. They they don't run the ball for a reason. But he still had nine rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So now uh, let's move to the quarterback position, Tom. 
Um, you know, we're not going to talk about Wayne Gallman. I mean, Wayne Gallman, he looked really good at times yeah. in in the absence of Saquon Barkley. So yeah, he's going to get catch on somewhere and do things. Derek Proscott has has signed. He is uh, left the building. He is going to be the uh, second highest paid quarterback in the league, depending on you know what category you're looking at to determine their highest paid. But yeah. average annual va- value, I believe, he's second to Patrick Mahomes. Let's talk with K- about Cam Newton, right? Like I think I think uh, now that Dak is removed, Cam Newton becomes the most interesting, um, like starting potential kind of guy here. Um, is he? I think so. Would you rather have Cam Newton or Ryan Fitzpatrick for one season right now? As my starter? Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Probably Fitzy. Yeah. But I got I got love in my heart for the man, so it's tough to say. Yeah. Um. So let, let's do a little exercise here, Tom. You have to pick one to go. start a game for the Bills because Josh Allen went down with an injury. Go. Okay. One game. Is it a playoff yeah, game? This is. <laughs> it's a win. The game and win the division. Okay. Otherwise, you're so it's a wild an important card. game, but yeah. All right. <laughs> Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. Terod Taylor, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, Alex Smith. Yeah. Been there, done it. Been there, done that. I think with Fitzpatrick, you have too much of the highs and lows. Yeah. Fitzpatrick could come out there and you could be out of the game before halftime. Yeah. He could also it wrapped up before halftime right. but i feel like alex smith gives me that more of that steady trustable andy dalton I, I, I don't know he's a great guy it seems and he's been a solid quarterback but he's he had the benefit of cincinnati of having some sick wideouts for a long period of time okay i'm just i don't know now josh allen tears his acl in week two you have to choose one of these quarterbacks to be your quarterback the remainder of the season Who's the worst? Because I want the best draft pick possible. Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> oh, there might have a winner. Jacoby Brissett. Matt Barkley. Jameis Winston. Well, Jameis. Jameis. Yeah. It would before that it was Brissett by a mile. Yeah. I don't like not like Trubisky. And I've seen Matt Barkley play in place of Josh Allen, and it's not anything I'd want to see for more than a game. Yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, Jameis gives you just that ability to sling it around and, well, let's see what happens, you know? Yeah. And who knows, with a, a year under Peyton and behind Breeze, he might even be more um, deadly at decision-making and understanding things. I don't think you spend a, a whole season with the two of those gentlemen and not learn offense. Right. Um, th- this this quarterback group has a lot of good backups. Is that is that rude to say? I think there's a lot of good guys that you could look for yeah. backups in here. What's left out here in this quarterback market are not starters at this point. Yeah, I career. really think Cam Newton's the only one who may get it. Somebody may like give him a give him a run. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Cam coming and backing up Josh. Yeah. You could do some red zone packages. Not that you need it because Josh handles that well. But Give me Tyrod Taylor to back up to it in Miami. Yeah, similar size. Yeah. Are they going to fight over the number five? Or no, but two wears two one. Two wears yeah. one, yeah. Um, but I like, I mean, Tyrod's a solid quarterback. He doesn't. Yeah. It, the thing is, he's also uh, scared to throw it to contested receivers. So <laughs> I'm not sure. The backup <laughs> comes in and does the exact same thing you right. pulled the other guy for. Right. 
yeah. and it would avoid the quarterback controversy afterwards because like it's the same guy, <laughs> same guy, <laughs> same guy. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting when when you're looking. How about this? We'll run this back as a, an exercise for you. When you're looking for a backup for Tua, young quarterback going into a second year, yeah. What's more important, their ability to play in his place or to mentor? I think to play in his place because of the injury history. Okay. I need some. I need somebody that I know can step in for an extended period of time and have some success with the team. Yeah. Um, I think that he's a mature guy. Uh, as a you know, at 23 years old, um, he had the year learning from Ryan Fitzpatrick and and what Fitzpatrick does. I think that you know, as far as the mentorship, yeah. it is nice to have somebody there that can do that. But they also would need to be able to plug in and. You know, I don't want I don't mind Joe Flacco coming in and, and mm-hmm. saying, Hey, this is how to be a professional kid, yeah. you know, and in this situation look for this, you know. Um, but I don't want Joe Flacco to be my backup quarterback games. and have to play six game stretch. Yeah. So for me it would be somebody like Tyrod that, that you could plug in there. Um But know, Tyrod he's not gonna beat you when he gets in there. Right. He might not win any of them right. for you. Um, you know, but there are a lot of names on here that I don't want playing multiple games. 100%. You know, I don't, I don't want Josh McCown for multiple Realistically, games. Realistically, if you're a good football team and your quarter starting quarterback gets hurt, it's pretty much – and they're out more than two or three games. It's a wash anyways. It's a, a lot of times, they, if they can just hang around 500, though. Yeah. You know, that that's what they need to do. And, and sometimes they'll win four games when you're, in a six-game stretch. When you're 10-6 and six and not making the playoffs like last mm-hmm. year, 500 ball for four games can kill you. Yeah, it can. So No question about it. I mean, we're uh, not in the NFC anymore. Right. But there's, you know, somebody like Andy Dalton. I, I don't Right now, I don't want the temptation of somebody that they're going to plug in and say, oh, you know, Tua went down with an injury and you played pretty well for three games. Yeah let's run it with you or create controversy in the locker room. I don't want any of that crap anymore. Give me somebody that's just a, a good steady backup quarterback. All right. Mitchell Trubisky is another name that I like as a backup quarterback. I think he's the worst idea of all those for that reason. One, he doesn't lend anything with like been there, done that. Hey, Mm -hmm. Tua, this is how you handle this situation. Hey, Tua, like, what's he going to do? Hey, this is how you suck in Chicago with a great defense. Or then is if he comes in, He's young enough that if he shows a few flashes in a couple games, that's a real controversy. That's not 34 to any Dalton. That's a 27-year-old quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I just like the – I think Mitchell Trubisky's not gotten all that he could out of his career at this point. I think no. there's there's plenty of tools there for him. No. And I think yeah. maybe he needs a, a change of scenery could do him good. Yeah. No, for sure. I'm just – I'm not sure that the Miami – Yeah, I mean, that's what I was it, saying. Like, oh, man. Onward. So, yeah, I think that um, our quarterback carousel is starting to thin out already. Dak's in place. Big Ben's coming back. Drew Brees hasn't said anything one way or the other, but he's working out like a maniac online. I'm, I'm not I sure you do that if you're not coming back. I don't think he's going to come back. I, Drew? I, yeah, I don't think so. He's working out pretty hard. Yeah, well, maybe he's uh, planning his second career in the WWE. He's too small for that. Come Wait. on. He's way too small. What is he? 5'10"? No, he's 6 feet. He's yeah, 6 feet. Six feet. He, he's billed as 6'2 in WWE at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw um, a gift today 
it was uh, Pat McAfee jumping off the top rope, doing a flip into the group of guys on, yeah. the, on the out outside of the ring in NXT event or whatever. Mm. And uh, it said uh, me getting ready to jump into a full day of gambling because there was NCAA basketball action yeah. all day. <laughs> it gave me a little chuckle. Yeah, so big weekend. We're going to watch you know, a little championship week, some college basketball tournaments coming to the end and gearing up for, I mean, next week's going to be a big show, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about the bracket as it comes out. Yeah. We're going to have some free agency results. Some of the players' championship results will happen. We start our rankings, tight ends and O tackles next week. Yeah. That's, you're going to start getting some detail from us about draft prospects. Who we like. We've done this patiently this year. We didn't jump in too early yeah. um, with the position groups, but we've got, if you're a fan of the NFL draft or you're excited about your team's selections in the NFL draft, this is your opportunity to learn about guys that you haven't heard of before. Yeah. If you're not a close-watching college football fan, you're going to hear about players that you don't really know. You know, maybe not everybody knows who Greg Newsom is that plays corner for Northwestern and is probably going to be a first-round pick. Yeah. You know, there are going to be names that you're not sure of, and I can tell you they're going to be really good players in the NFL. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, a great educational opportunity here, I think, for everyone, and uh, it also sharpens us up for, you know, our mock draft that comes. Yes, all culminating in our live mock draft. Yeah. Um, also, the Honda Classic next week is this just really great sequence of PGA golf continues. They just this this whole section here leading up to the the, the Masters really is where it kind of Masters is right down the road too, man. This is this is kind of you know, the Arnold Palmer, the players, the Honda, you're just yeah. like getting more and more amped knowing that the the Masters is around the corner. And you know, if there's one event that I like to bookmark my Sunday and say leave me alone. <laughs> Don't call me. I will be watching the master sunday that's what i'm doing on this date so that i think that's what april april 10th and 11th or whatever is that weekend this year seven weeks from tomorrow is the first round of the nfl draft yeah they, i saw a thing 50 days yeah 50 days away from right meow and i am extraordinarily excited about it like i, I wonder why i mean mr what five picks in the first three rounds or whatever yeah, it's it pretty is. fun yeah yeah get a, a whole yeah. bevy of things to get excited Three, about. 3, 18, 36, 50, and 80, I think. Yeah. Man, five picks in the top 80. I love it. Free agency starts up on Monday. Okay, we got to think of something to do next next podcast when we join you guys at St. Paddy's Day. Oh, it is St. Paddy's Day. Next we got to do something for We got to think of some, yeah. some little nugget. I'll just, uh, All right, we'll do a little. Uh, maybe best Irish athletes. We'll do a countdown. Best Irish athletes, huh? Yeah. I wish I had a quick response off the top Mickey of my Ward. head to that. That's the only thing. Yeah, I, that's Irish the first Mickey one. Ward, yeah. That's the first one I thought of for obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, huh? there's got to be. It could be fun. Rory McIlroy. Yeah, he's got to be up there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know any. Well, we'll figure this out. We'll figure something out for St. Paddy's Day that'll be fun. Yeah, sounds like a good time. All right. Maybe we'll have a green beer while we're doing the episode or something. Oh, for sure. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> hey, it's uh, kind of a short, abbreviated episode this week, but next week there's, it's going to be a loaded, loaded show. Um, we're going to talk a little UFC this week, but it's kind of a light card. Um, 
not a whole lot going on with it this weekend. Nothing to re- no real implications. But next week, uh, we're gonna get to preview our boy Gregor Gillespie's fight. So <laughs> we're you know we're into that. Yeah, next week's St. Patty's Day. Gregor Gillespie's fighting that weekend. Oh my god, <laughs> what am I gonna do with myself? Yeah, the main event for that one is Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland as well. <laughs> really good fight. So, all right, guys, we'll catch you all next week. See ya.